Okay, real quick, you'll likely notice a dip in my audio quality later in today's episode. Uh, this interview was recorded during the Bay Area's great storm of 2023, which is still happening, actually, and it briefly took out my internet, which means we had to utilize a backup recording. Okay, on with the show. Guys, don't just don't hit on people at work. Just don't. More than anything, what I wanted and what I still want, honestly, is just to be taken seriously as an engineer. This is Lock and Code, a Malwarebytes podcast. I'm your host, David Reese. Our main story today is about the technology industry's gender gap. Last August, the nonprofit organization Girls Who Code and the company Logitech worked together to investigate the much documented gender gap in tech, uh, hoping to find out what was holding women back from both entering and staying in the technology space and also what could foster their growth in the industry. There were many findings about when women's interest in tech is first sparked and how meaningful it is for women to see other role models like themselves at the organizations they join. But there was also uh, the more curious finding uh, suggesting what and who is holding women back. And spoiler alert, it's a lot of dudes now here we have to immediately address what happens when we talk about the gender gap in technology and specifically what happens when we talk about men's role in that gender gap. And what happens is some people get very upset. I have seen this upset. I have read many words that are driven by this upset and I will present examples of it in a few minutes, but I also have to be truthful here and say that I am rarely, if ever, the target of this upset. Because, strangely, when I say that women only account for 25% of the technology industry, or that, according to older research, women quit their technology jobs at twice the rate of men, or that, as girls who code and Logitech found, though 80% of the men they surveyed said, my company creates a good environment to integrate male and female workers. 56% of the same men said, in hindsight, I find some of my behavior toward female colleagues patronizing. When I say all of those things, I am less likely to get pushback than when a woman says those same things. On December 12th, the TikTok user Trackit Pacer posted a video about network engineering facts to impress no one at zero parties. Trackit Pacer is an educational account about the internet, and it's run by a network engineer named Lexi Cooper, who has experience in a network operations center, or NOC, and who's earned her Cisco Certified Network Associate Certificate, or CCNA, which is all to say that clearly then, her TikTok video did have network engineering facts that did impress me, like how the first spam email was sent over ARPANET. I, I did not know that. But her video also included this, um, what some people think is a bombshell. There are very few women in tech because there's a pervasive cultural idea that men are more logical than women and therefore better at technical, computery things. And this triggered the upset as men replied to track it pacer in droves. The IT industry is, quote, not dominated by men. Well, actually, the women itself, just few of them want to be engineer, so it's not man fault. Uh, another one, <laughs> no one thinks it's because women can't be logical. They're finally figuring out those liberal arts degrees are worthless. Uh, another one here, the women not in computers fact is BS, because the field was considered nerdy and uncool until shows like Big Bang Theory made it cool. And okay, a last one for now, 
Sitting in school in the 80s in computer club, we would have loved any women participating. Instead, we got teased and ridiculed for being nerds. I blame Revenge of the Nerds for this. Was hoping war games gave us some street cred, but nah. There's a lot to unpack in those comments, but the rapper I find best around them all is, these are not complete thoughts, but together they do form a theory, which is that maybe these types of comments, maybe this type of treatment contributes to the gender gap. Today, to help us understand the gender gap in technology and what it's like to simply be a woman in tech online, we're speaking to Track It Pacer herself, Lexi Cooper. Lexi, welcome to the show. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. Man, you picked some choice comments there. (laughs) You had me cracking up. (laughs) I'm glad that they're already being recognized. I... Reading something in that first one, right? That just is grammatically incorrect. That is, um, <laughs> yeah. There's something. <laughs> there's yeah, yeah. It was it was painful for me to read the first time and the second time, <laughs> and then listening to you say it. Yeah, it's it never stops hurting. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> apologies for bringing it back, but we are very happy to have you here. I am very excited for this, and I wanted to start actually really basic for our audience who may not watch your TikTok videos, uh, who does not know about your background. What do you do? Yeah, so I am a network engineer. Currently, in the role that I'm in, I am an avionics integration engineer for the network team at an aerospace company. So I'm responsible for integrating and uh, the avionics electronics equipment that basically serves as the network on a heavy lift rocket that my company is building. That's so sick. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me sound a lot cooler than I am. <laughs> We've never had someone like that on the show. Really? Well, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, people like to joke with me that I'm a rocket scientist. I'm not. I can't tell you so many things about rockets. <laughs> I can only really get into, you know, some of the things that maybe you have to consider about networks on earth versus a network that's going into space, you know, (laughs) but yeah, it's been an interesting experience. I've been there for only about a year. I I don't have an aerospace background. So, uh, there was definitely some, uh, growing pains for me at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) So exactly on that, right? Like you said, you don't have the aerospace background, but what is your background in technology? You know, I actually had a career prior to getting into tech, and I have one of those infamous liberal arts degrees, actually. I have a a bachelor's in English literature. (laughs) So, you know, one of those comments really hit home there. (laughs) Yeah, I I had another career as working in nonprofits prior to tech, but went back to school, didn't like it, went back to school, got a CCNA. And I was lucky enough to get a position in the NOC at basically a a large cloud provider. And so that was my first job in tech. After that, you know, this is my second job in tech that I'm in right now. So it's a pretty short (laughs) list of of career moves at this point. So, you know, I had some ISP training as a network engineer um, in their break fix, basically in the knock, you get alerts come in and you try to fix the problem essentially. And uh, now I'm working in aerospace, which is a completely different world. So I have a really weird (laughs) skill (laughs) set. What made you want to switch to tech? And I also ask that as someone who, look, I also have a liberal arts degree. I have a minor in English. I have a major in something else. I don't do anything that I was studying, you know? (laughs) Um, And every single time that anyone finds out I studied architecture, like there's two responses and one of them is like, oh wow, that's like so cool. Like tell me all about it. And there's also like, why don't you design buildings? What happened there? What's going, you know? And um, a lot of reasons. Uh, But I wanted to also (laughs) ask, yeah, what kind of sparked your interest then to switch over to tech? Man, I won't go into the whole long story, but I basically, you know, I was always (laughs) peripherally interested in tech, but I never thought I was 
smart enough. Much like many girls, I think, at a young age, you're just not introduced to all the different possibilities. I hope today it's different for young girls. But when I was younger, nobody came to me and said, hey, you know all those computer games you're obsessed with playing? Why don't we build you a computer that you can play those games on? You know, nobody approached me and said, let's let's build you a computer, I'll teach you, or anything like that. I just didn't know. So, you know, I went through college and everything, and I did what I thought I was going to enjoy doing, and it turns out I was just so unfulfilled <laughs> by... Um, you know, the role that I had, it was, it was a little soul sucking. It just wasn't for me. So at one point I just gave up and I was lucky enough. I could just quit my job, move back in with my parents. And I kind of just said, stuff it. I'm going to go to, you know, this community college near where my parents live and I'm going to see what they have to offer. And I want to try some tech things because I'd always been interested, but was always afraid, didn't really have the motivation to get into, you know, the whole big umbrella of tech and what am I going to do? So I just took some introductory classes at this community college. One of them was introduction to computers, which was basically like how to use Excel. (laughs) Then there was um, introduction to programming, which was much cooler. I learned C++. That was neat. And then there was another course that was recommended to me. Didn't know what it was. It was called introduction to networks. I had no idea that network engineering or networking was even a thing. Did not know it existed. And then I took that course and it was over. I fell in love with it after like the third class. When I found out what an IP address means, it was like, you know, your brain just exploding emoji, (laughs) you know, like I just, a whole world opened up for me. It's just super fascinating. So at that point, I, you know, I I figured out finally what CCNA actually was. (laughs) And so I, I started studying for that certification and um, along the way, I was lucky enough to apply for that knock position and, and get my foot in the door. And the rest is history. Help me understand why finding out what an IP address is was like the moment Dude, for Dude, I don't and, know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain. It's just, you know how there's just these things in the world that you're aware of and like, I don't know. Like I never, I can't say that I, I was always like, oh, so fascinated with what an IP address is. I could have Googled it, right? But I didn't think it was even important enough to learn about. And then, I don't know, learning about how important that one detail is and then, you know, learning about the the bits and the positions and like what each number means and the reserved addresses. And I don't know what it was. It was just, it's like a whole, it's like, I don't know, you look under a microscope and suddenly you see all of the life that you never you can't see with the naked eye like it's sort of like that like a whole new world opened up (laughs) it was crazy what was because you were talking quite a bit about you know like this spark that you had you know learning about this whole other world and it's more than just having a spark i think to to enter you know an entire new career there's also a lot about staying in it and so what has helped you stay in the technology industry I think that's a great question. I've never been asked what makes me stay. I love that. Or what helps me stay. It's similar, I think, to the the thing that sparked it for me, learning new things. I think I'm probably going to sound a little bit cliche here, but honestly, my first job was troubleshooting a lot of different problems in a knock. You know, I never really felt like I was a smart enough person to be presented, you know, before I got into tech being presented with a a big problem where I had no idea how to solve it was always so intimidating to me. And I'd kind of rely on other people to solve the issue for me, to be honest. But then when I got this job in the knock after having learned quite a bit, you know, nearly up to that CCNA level of knowledge, and I was presented with problems where I had no idea what the issue was, I had the networking knowledge to go in there and methodically work through it. And the high that I got from solving even just basic problems, fixing, you know, like one little link in a port channel goes down and like, you know, we have to replace the cable, like having that done and going through like the change for that and and successfully doing it over and over again and then moving on to bigger things. Like troubleshooting is my favorite thing to do, as frustrating as it can be, because I always feel more intelligent and like a better person at the end of it. I feel so productive. I feel smarter. My knowledge has grown. I've become a better person. And that is what keeps me in this career field is the actual knowledge that I am gaining every time I face a problem. It is always in the end a positive thing. 
love it. That's such like a positive outlook on troubleshooting. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never heard such a, right? A holistically just like this is i'm better it's nerdy i know (laughs) i know but here we are right (laughs) yeah yeah so we've talked a lot about the good things um and i wanted to unfortunately move to some negativity that you definitely received and we spoke about it a little bit at the beginning here right this tiktok video that you put out network engineering facts to impress no one at zero parties and i don't want to over focus on the negative. I, I do want listeners to understand that like the majority of the responses that I could see that I found is people were loving it. People thought it was fun. People thought it was educational, but there still was some negativity. There still were like the comments that I had read at the top there. And so just kind of broadly here it, from your perspective, you put this video out. How did people respond to this TikTok? Yeah. Well, like you said, lots of positive comments, I love it when people leave comments and they're like adding to or like slightly altering what I said, like they know better than me and, and they they leave comments like, no, not not in like a bad way, right? Like like people who know more than me truly will, will comment and be like, well, actually it was sort of because of this and like, this is what happened and this is kind of the context behind it. Or someone will comment and be like, oh yeah, you're right. And here's a little bit more about that topic that you didn't cover because it's a less than five minute video and it's TikTok, right? And so I love when people, so there were a lot of comments like that too. And that was just really great. I love when people do that. Unfortunately, there was a lot of negativity on it too. It was outweighed by the positivity, but unfortunately negativity coming in, that video got a lot more attention than most of my videos tend to. I don't really know why, but... I could tell when it hit the non-tech audience because that's when the really negative comments started hitting, to be honest. I started getting like a lot of comments from men about the little, I had two little clips in there about why there aren't so many women in tech and engineering roles. And uh, I had a lot of men start rolling in, just ripping that apart, more or less. I asked this not, it's one of those things where it's like, it feels you have to ask it because there's like, at the back of your head, there's like one person that you assume is listening to this and they're like going to ask this one thing of themselves. But the question is, was it only men? Yes, it was. <laughs> and I know, I know there are going to be people out there who won't believe that I know that. And no, I did not go to everyone's house and open up their basement door and look at who's at the computer, right? <laughs> but... You know, it's very obvious to me because I, I, you know, I started out on Twitter and I've learned how to identify men on the internet. I'm, I'm sorry. I might be wrong about one or two of them, I'll admit, but I, I'm very accurate. <laughs> and I know because number one, most of them, the vast majority of the men who left comments, whether positive or negative or whatever, they all have their own face as their avatar on TikTok. I don't know why. I mean, I guess that's fine. You know, I have my, it's my face on TikTok, but it's like, you're really going to comment like this? Anyway, so they have their own face or they have a tough guy that like a fictional tough guy that they really like or like a, an actor or something as their profile. Like women don't have Arnold Schwarzenegger as their like profile picture on TikTok. OK, and then some of them just self-identified in their comments as men. I'm going to admit I looked at every single negative comment I could find and I should not have done that, but I did. And we can talk about why later, maybe. But I did look at I would say, if not all of them, most of them. I am immediately like interested in that. Why did you do that? I shouldn't have. It was not meant. It was not healthy. But I was taken aback. I shouldn't. Again, I keep saying this. I shouldn't have been. But I really shouldn't have been <laughs> because I'm used to Twitter where I've sort of been able to block or mute the trolls that pop up here and there, few and far between nowadays. And it's an incredibly supportive community that I'm left with. The NetEngine tech community on Twitter is generally pretty awesome. And so, you know, I go from that space to TikTok where, you know, I don't have that curated experience. I'm not quite in the bubble. And, you know, once the video reaches a wider audience that's not tech, you then get kind of onto any random person's feed. And statistically, you're going to hit a lot of those people. So anyway, I, you know, I, I look at these comments because I was taken aback at just the sheer volume of them. They were a lot more than I expected because, again, I'm used to that lower ratio of, of like negative to, to positive, right, from Twitter. And so looking at TikTok, it just seemed like there was a deluge of 
negativity at one point where all the comments, most of them seem to just be incredibly negative. So I guess I got curious as to who's behind these dumb comments, because <laughs> there were a lot of dumb com I mean, you read three of them at the beginning of this, right? Dumb comments. And I, I get curious about the person behind it, what they could possibly be thinking. And then it's sort of like a, a case study almost like I want to know. Yeah, like I want to know what kind of person would actually say something like this. I know it's the internet, you know, I've been around, but like, it doesn't stop me from being curious. And I also made the mistake of responding to many of them. I shouldn't have done that either. I got really angry about it. I think the, the one comment, the one comment that kept being repeated by individual people was variations on, there aren't very many women in tech and engineering roles because Women like people more than they like things. Men like things more than they like people. And so women, you know, the implication being that women only want to work in jobs where they're working with people. And it's like, <laughs> newsflash. <laughs> I think that's pretty much every job. Like, what are you saying? So that minimization, that little succinct, terrible way of summarizing, you know, the difference between men and women is so wrong. It drives me crazy to read it. And I just felt this compulsion to reply. It drives me nuts. And I shouldn't have, but it really just made me insane for a few days after I posted that video. I'm glad you said that immediately because like my next question was, what does that do, you know, to a person? Like, and mm -hmm. because I can't see any other conclusion. I can't, I can't see any other end result of looking at these comments and seeing this type mm -hmm. of negativity. And also like that thing, like you said, where you're trying to build up case studies, you know, like what <laughs> made this person say this thing or, or what environment? And like, this isn't the same tone or setting in any way, but I completely understand what you're saying in terms of like someone says something so bizarre, you know, something so off world that you're like, what made you? And my yes. only, what made you <laughs> right. And my Where only example, and I feel so dumb uh, saying this one because it's not serious at all. But like, I remember the first time someone told me they were celebrating their birthday week. And I was like, what, <laughs> what <laughs> made you <laughs> become a person who's okay? Like if, you know, if they're like a kid, I'm like, okay, that's sick. I wish I could do that. Um, but they were like my age. And I was like, that's, uh, it's not even mid twenties, you know, it was like well yeah. past the time to be doing it. And that's that curiosity is there. The curiosity of like, Lord, let me have some pattern matching, you know, please. <laughs> <laughs> and, way to put it. <laughs> and for yeah, it to come, um, like what, you know, the end result is like, Oh, I've done too much. I've looked, I've looked at too much. I've gone insane. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, the end, you know, I wish I, I think going forward, I'll be a lot more prudent about how I interact with feedback. <laughs> I'll call it feedback like that, right? I talked with some other women uh, who were more well-known and like versed in this kind of stuff than I am. And the general consensus, you know, from them, uh, you know, I asked like, how, how do you, how do you deal with this? And the general consensus was like, we ignore it. And we don't look at it, which can sound counter to what you might think would be the morally right thing to do. Like it makes you sound like you're ignoring criticism that could be valid. And that's not what we're talking about here, because again, the comments were things like just inane things like women can't do X and that's just a fact to get over it, blondie, you know, like that kind of crap. So <laughs> ignoring comments like that can only be beneficial because they add nothing to the conversation and they don't help you as a human reading them in any way. So don't pay attention to them. And so it's that old adage, like block report move on kind of thing, right? Just just block them if you need to. Don't read the comment. Move on. So that's what I'll be doing moving forward. Yeah. I do ask this like to know if you found a way and I don't receive that level of like vitriol. And so I'm also just curious, is it possible? Like I mean that from like as, as purely as pot, like as purely as I can, is it 
possible to ignore them? Like, because I don't know, I, I understand blocking people. I, I totally understand that because you've already encountered them, but that, that already requires the first harm, you know? And so I'm like, yeah. most comments are not long. Like I could, I like, I think we could all could ignore, you know, like a page, you know, like someone writing a dissertation, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, I know where this is going. I don't have to like find out, but some of these comments are, I don't know, it's like six words, you know? And it's it feels a very good point. Difficult. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, in order to block someone, you have to first see that they've, they've said a, a thing, right? So it's a very good point. I, I guess I want to distinguish actually between the advice that I, you know, sought out and received from people following that video versus sort of unsolicited advice that I got from others. There's a difference between what advice I asked for and got where it was like, okay, you just, you need to actively not focus on these things and remove those people from your space versus I got a lot of comments from other women actually and men um, about, you know, why do you complain about this? This is, of course, it's going to happen. This is the internet. People are terrible on the internet. Don't get me started on that, by the way. I hate when people say that. I could rant about that forever. But, um, you know, what did you, it's basically this, this implied, what did you expect? Why are you talking about it? Why are you addressing it? Right. And I got a lot of people being like, why would you even bother to say anything about it? Just ignore it. Move on. And that wasn't helpful because it wasn't like concrete. Okay. You can, you know, you see it, you block it and then focus on the positive stuff. It wasn't even something like that. It was just like, why would you even, what are you doing talking about this? This isn't even worth having a conversation about. That was the, that was the attitude of people who were just not helpful. And I addressed that eventually by posting screenshots of these comments that people left on the video that were so upsetting to me. And what I said was basically, you know, you can't ignore the, I can't just ignore all of it. I can't post a video and then just like never look at my TikTok notifications. Sorry. Like I'm a content creator. So I do want to see feedback on the content that I create. Right. I want to see even constructive criticism. I'll happily take. I want to see what people are saying. I can't just ignore everything. So when this huge volume of negative comments comes in, I cannot see it. You know, it's not like I'm feverishly sitting there, like checking it every five seconds. But when I check notifications, there they are. Men saying, actually, women aren't very logical. They just want to nurture things. So they're not going to be in engineering. Or actually, women are the ones choosing not to be in tech. It's their fault, not men. Men don't do anything. Men aren't barring the door for them. You know, we're, we would be so happy for women to join, but all women do is tease us and call us nerds. You know, like that's all I saw when I was trying to, you know, scroll through and find anything worthwhile. At one point, that's all I saw. So how, how are you going to tell me to just ignore that? That's not realistic advice. And it's kind of patronizing. I think it comes from kind of a good place, but it also comes from a place of like, you're vain for even posting the video in the first place. It was, there's a lot of dynamics behind it. But anyway, women get a lot of both the just ignore it, whatever, and also the huge amount of negative comments. So those two things combined is not a recipe for a healthy mental health life, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm so glad you brought up right there that like, you're like, hey, look, I'm a content creator. I do want feedback. I want to know Mm -hmm. how my videos are doing. And that you also brought up, like there's seems to be this weird upset, this weird anger at you for posting the video itself because it could be seen as vain. Like there's just this dreadful intersection of those things happening. And I don't really know how to explain it or how to put it into words, but, but it is this sort of thing where there's still this assumption that like we can get by without the internet and like (laughs) you can just be like, you don't have to post on TikTok, and it's like, okay, like f- factually, sure, like <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but like at the same time, like I feel like it's one of those things that like, like it doesn't matter, you know. Like it's not something that's really like it, that doesn't help me, you know. Like knowing that like 
knowing that like light, you know, travels as like a wave and also as a particle. I'm like, that's cool, man. But like, I'm, that's I, not... is it, is it sunny today? <laughs> like, there's... That's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I could just not post on TikTok because it has, a, there's a potential for an enormous audience on TikTok. And that includes the wide world, which is full of a lot of people who won't like me, but I'm a content creator. What am I going to, what am I? Yeah, I could not create content, but I'm already creating the content. I want to create the content. I like to teach, you know, what? okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. You know what? Fine. I won't do it. Like, is that what you want me to say? You know, I kind of feel that way about, about feedback like that. Like, what, what do you expect from me when you say things like that? I think it comes from a place of, like you said, this this weird, pervasive idea still that we can just get by without the internet, that we, you know, we're not going to naturally want to communicate with people and be a part of the bigger world because the internet is awesome. Connecting with other people is awesome. Learning things about other people's lives and jobs and hobbies is awesome, right? So I don't like that idea that like, you know, the internet is this horrible place full of horrible trolls and awful people, and it's only ever going to lead to bad things. Why would you ever post a video? Also, I want to make the point that I have never seen a man get thrown into like this huge volume of negative comments, nor have I seen, you know, when he's teach when he's trying to like teach or even make a humorous video about tech concepts, he gets glorified when he does that. And even if he did, I've never seen a man talk about a negative comment that they've received, but if he did, I'd be willing to bet that no one would be like, you know, patronizing about why, why did you post a video in the first place? Can you imagine a man being told, why did you post a video in the first place? That seems like something that, that at least in my experience is reserved for a woman. I think there's this strange sort of like idea behind it that, you know, I posted that video for attention. I'm not doing my, ma- my makeup on video. If I were, that'd be fine, but that's not my content. I'm not posting myself to look cute or pretty. I'm posting myself talking because I'm the face behind the content. And that's what TikTok is. That's how you get views. And honestly, I like being on camera and I like talking to people because it feels like I'm connecting with you while I'm teaching this concept. So, you know, it's not a vain thing. But I feel like when a woman posts something as opposed to a man and they're similar or the same technical content, you get very different reactions a number of ways, both from a more supportive standpoint, they can even be a little bit patronizing there. And you can also get obviously a lot more negative comments just for the woman for putting herself out there because there's this idea we're vain for doing it. That was a huge rambling mess, but like it's been on my mind for so long. I get some of this, yeah, I get some passive aggressiveness sometimes from people in the tech sphere about why why do you even bring this up? Well, because it's a problem, because these are actual people. They're not just trolls who don't exist. These are actual people in the world who seem to genuinely believe these awful things. And I want to address it because I don't want them to believe that. And I don't like the idea that I'm just sitting here allowing a world to be where there are people who think these things, I want to address it. And even if I can't change that individual person's mind about it, maybe I can show it to someone who might be inclined to think that. And then they notice my commentary on it and it might change their mind. You know, you never know. I just, I don't want to leave it unaddressed because that's how horrible ideas, like all of the things these people were saying, get perpetuated throughout time in society couple of questions ago, right? Uh, I had originally started by asking, like, what helped you stay in technology? But uh, we've covered a lot of things that sound dreadful. And so I kind of want to flip that and ask, what has made you want to leave the technology industry, if anything? Uh-huh. Well, we've we've talked about, we've touched on <laughs> basically <laughs> the the main issue, right? And I think I'm I'm definitely not alone in this. Things that bother me a lot are twofold <laughs> um, working in this career field. It's when, number one, is when I ask a question and I'm completely ignored. It happens a lot. And I'm not going to try and pin that on sexism. I have no idea because I've only ever experienced it as me and I've only ever been a woman. So I have no idea. But that 
drives me up a wall when I am asking a question and I'm just completely ignored. Number two is getting hit on in my place of employment. <laughs> and uh, that happens a lot. I, I don't get so much blatant sexism, although it's happened, but my main problems in the workplace have been with men who get upset that I don't want to date them. And I don't know what to say about that because I feel like it... <laughs> That's that's almost enough right there. Do I really need to explain why that <laughs> makes me want to leave? Uh, it doesn't happen very often anymore. I When I was first, had my first job in tech, very first network engineering job, I was bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, wanted to take on the world, ready to do it, but I really wanted everyone to like me. I just desperately, desperately wanted people to like me because you know, I, I, I'm new to all of this and I'm depending on all of these people to help me learn because I'm going to be training and asking a lot of questions, you know, everything that happens when you're new at a job. And uh, it's also a new career field for me. So I was just super, a lot of emotions going on for me. And so it was harder to carry myself in a way that it, it was harder to be confident enough to just shut things down when I recognize them starting, nipping things in the bud because you can tell when it's starting. I was the only woman on my team of like 30 men for a long time. And that was a really tough dynamic, especially when you're like a 20 something woman with a room full of 20s, 30s men, right? It just is gonna be a hostile environment in some way to you. So I had to endure a few things and Guys, don't just don't hit on people at work. Just don't. More than anything, what I wanted and what I still want, honestly, is just to be taken seriously as an engineer. When I first joined, you know, a network team, I didn't feel like an engineer. I feel like an engineer now. And I think that makes a big difference because I have the experience, I have the knowledge. I have the technical chops to to call myself that, but I didn't have them when I first started. And so I felt super insecure. And I didn't want to say no to anyone. And I didn't want to say, stop it. How dare you speak to me that way, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of stuff, I had, I had an issue early on that almost made me just completely give it up. And I'm really glad I didn't. But it, it's it's men's behavior <laughs> makes me want to quit tech. I don't actually want to quit tech, but if anything makes me quit it, it would be men's behavior, unfortunately. Yeah. That's, that's really all I've got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. maybe I, I'll counter that, though, with I've also met so many supportive, wonderful, very respectful men in my time as a network engineer. And they have made an enormous impact on me in a number of ways. One of them being, you know, I want to stay in tech. So many men, I mean, it's a male dominated field. I haven't gotten the chance to actually learn from a female network engineer. I've never actually been on a team with like a senior female network engineer yet. And so I've only really been learning from men and I've had a lot of very supportive men who only wanted to see me succeed, help me learn and take the time to explain things to me or walk me through problems or just encourage me, be an ear to listen or speak up for me. You know, I've had a lot of that happen. So I, I wanna make sure I don't paint a picture of my experience or every single woman's experience as just this never ending, men treat us awful, there's no way we're ever going to get better because there are so many men nowadays who are, are aware of their privilege and have genuinely sought out opportunities to mentor women in tech. And it's, I see that evidence. It's, it's wonderful. So I'd like to add that <laughs> to my, my list of things that makes me stay in tech because supportive mentors, no matter what their gender or anything about them, a supportive mentor makes a world of difference to anyone staying in their career field. And, and I've definitely been very lucky in that regard. I really value that you said, hey, let me look at the people who have supported me. Because 
I'm not trying to speak for the people who are foul, but like it's that kind of thing where you're like, I want to know what makes them tick. And I wonder if they hear these things, they hear this like idea and maybe they read it as like men are causing the gender gap and they don't know how to look at like the different facets of that. And they think that it's like every single man is contributing to the gender gap. And they're like, I don't even work in tech. How could I contribute to the gender gap? All I'm doing is uh, saying heinous things online. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and like, that's not what's being said, you know? Like, that's, uh, you try and untangle it. You try and be like, no, I, I'm not like, well, I'll say this. I'll say this. <laughs> you know, men are the reason for the gender gap in tech. I'll just say that. Yeah. It's going to anger yeah. people, but, but men are the reason, right? Like, you want to know. <laughs> If you want, now it's a multifaceted, complex thing, right? But if you want me to boil it down, it's easy. It's men. It's men's behavior towards women is what's causing the gender gap in tech. Now, I do want to just quickly, I want to make sure I don't gloss over this because it's very important. There is an intersectional aspect to this that we don't have time or probably like the credentials to go into fully. <laughs> um, but but it is not just a gender gap in tech, right? Like it is a it is a white man's field, right? A cis white man's field. And I'm a white woman. So I have actually enjoyed quite a bit of privilege myself in this field that other women would not have. And I just want to point out that race and whether you're cisgender or transgender, that matters when we're talking about these kinds of diversity issues in tech and engineering and lots of other fields, honestly. I just want to make sure we don't gloss over that because I can only speak from my experience and I am a white woman. And so I can't address everything here, but I just wanted to make sure, you know, I would never presume to speak for every single woman out there. There are lots of other voices that deserve to be heard, you know, in addition to or above mine, honestly. Anyway, with that said, men are the reason for the gender gap in tech. <laughs> and we can talk about some of the other issues that contribute to it significantly. So besides men just, you know, being patronizing and generally not that great, and then also hitting on their female coworkers, you know, you have issues with parental leave. You know, a lot of women will actually drop out of their careers, regardless of the career, but it includes tech, obviously, when they have a child, when they give birth. And giving birth is hard. <laughs> we all know that. And it's it's a physical trauma and sometimes like a mental and emotional trauma as well. And you need a significant amount of time to recover from that if you're the person giving birth. And a lot of the time, it's it's a woman giving birth and she in america at least we're given i don't know the other day i was looking at a twitter thread and everyone was like oh eight weeks it's so long like my company is amazing for parental leave and it's like god yeah okay that's probably good for america but like some places give a year for you because you're you've gone through a lot so I mean, I'm not just going to say we need better maternal leave. We need better parental leave in this country because without that, it contributes to the gender gap because, you know, you've got fathers who either don't get much time, if any, off. And so they can't help out the mother of that child. And then you get mothers, of course, who, who are being kind of forced to go either choose to go back to work before they're ready and before their baby is ready or choose to just quit their job and, you know, be a stay-at-home parent or find another job that's more, con you know, conducive to, to being a parent. And if we had more parental leave, it would allow everybody to support that child and be there for each other. And maybe we wouldn't have so many women dropping out of demanding technical roles like this. So, you know, companies need to get better already. Our government needs to mandate better parental leave requirements for companies. We just do. So that is another huge contributing factor. And, and it boils down to, I think we're just not that considerate of women, right? There are other, you know, it's not just women giving birth, but overall statistically, yes, it's, it's women giving birth. And so, you know, when I'm talking about this in general, I just mean that people giving birth need help and support. And if we don't mandate that, then companies aren't going to do it. And then you've got this situation where, the overwhelming group who's giving birth and, and doing this difficult thing is not going to stay, you know, with a company that doesn't allow them to 
you know, be with their family. At the end of the day, most people choose their family over their job. So what is this person going to do? That's my opinion, at least that's another, maybe not the most important thing in gender diversity in tech, but, but it's a close second to just like shitty behavior. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to just crappy behavior. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you brought up parental leave because it's like, there's this really toxic and stupid idea. I was like, I'm just going to say, you know, it's also an idiotic idea that like this weird macho idea of like men who shouldn't need paternity leave. Like why would I need leave? Like I, like I don't even know where it comes from, but it's like this, I don't know. It's this weird idea that like men don't. Yeah. Like they don't need to take it. And it's like, Hey, it's cool to raise your child. I don't know if you knew that. It's like, it's like raising your child is in. It's like, really, it's now, it's all the rage. I don't know what to tell you. Like, uh, it was actually always cool. People who didn't do it weren't cool. Like, it sucked. (laughs) It was always a dreadful thing. And you're absolutely right. There's countries that give people a year. There's countries that give the parents a year. You know, they understand that parenting is a it's really difficult. And it's a two-person job and often much more than that. Um, mm-hmm. And we need the time to provide the support to our kids. And I'm just glad you brought that up. And like for that, right, there's something like there are solutions. But how do you fix men's bad behavior? Well, <laughs> why don't you tell me, David? No, <laughs> um, I joke. I, I think I think this comes back to, you know, you asked earlier why did I look at all those comments, you know, uh, when it wasn't the wisest thing to do? Another aspect of that for me is, is it genuinely concerns me that there are people in the world who truly believe things like, oh, women aren't very good at jobs that aren't nurturing jobs. Women aren't as logical as men, so they're not going to be good with computer. You know, like it genuinely concerns me because I, I think that without addressing the problematic aspects of it like that, if we leave those things unchecked, then they're just going to keep growing and more people are going to keep believing and stating those things, which just reinforces those ideas over and over again. And if no one challenges them, then they eventually become accepted as fact or near fact. And I don't think that anyone should let that slide who has the capacity to address it. So I feel like I have a platform to address it. I also have a platform, unfortunately, to attract it, but I guess, you know, I'm trying to do what I can. I'm not gonna pretend I'm like this big hero and I'm doing all this selflessly or whatever. You know, I'm still a content creator who I, you know, I want people to watch my videos, but I'm also not trying to attract trolls who say awful things. I just want to address it when they do because otherwise no one corrects these people. Eventually, if you get corrected enough on something, you're going to think twice, even if you're not happy about it. And that's kind of my goal. It's also good to at least hold up these sort of garbage ideas and things that people say to a wider audience who wouldn't normally say that but might slip into that at some point if they're not reminded of how ridiculous it is. I hope that makes sense. It's kind of like a nebulous idea, but it's like a reminder. I feel like we need to come back to every once in a while. It's like, yeah, remember, there are people out there who think this way, and remember, it's bad. (laughs) Yeah, this idea that if enough people say something, it becomes near fact is terrifying um but it like it we've seen it play out quite a bit yeah and also this idea that like i I completely understand where people say that i completely understand how people want to ignore you know what these people say because it's like well we have this idea that if we can't change that person's mind that we've like failed and like because we go into that like as though it's like a like an argument that can be won, you know? And it's not. It's not an argument. You can't, like, win mm-hmm. an argument against someone who's, like, committed to not 
understanding something. Like it's just not going to happen, but there's so much value still to saying something out loud and having other people read it and having other people see, oh, like one, it's like, oh, this is like garbage. And two, also like, oh, it's so refreshing that someone is doing that. It's so refreshing that someone's going out there and being like, you're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's refreshing. I, I feel that way when I see, you know, sometimes I don't have the emotional bandwidth to address all these things everywhere. But then I see another woman doing it like on Twitter or somewhere and, or on TikTok even. And, and it, like you said, it's refreshing. It, it, I think it, it sort of renews my enthusiasm for Mm -hmm. keeping going and also addressing it myself when I have that emotional bandwidth to spare. Right. Yeah. Sort of like a, like doing rotations, you know, on like the yeah. V. Passing the baton. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Just call me the lead goose, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> Alexi, I had one last question for you. What is one networking fact that will impress people at every party? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I don't know if that exists. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> because no one is impressed by networking. Um <laughs> you know, honestly, one time when I was still a little baby network engineer and didn't know a whole lot about what I was doing, I accidentally set the wrong OSPF metric on a link somewhere. And it was just like a small little link. Um and I and I put it back into production with that incorrect metric that made it the more preferable path for an entire swath of the Eastern seaboard of ISP that I was working for. (laughs) And it just brought everyone's networks down. So I think it, I hope it impresses people that if you just put one little number wrong in your change on one little link somewhere in the network, you could take down a lot of people's networks real fast. (laughs) (laughs) Networking is scary. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I am impressed. I am like, I'm, uh, I'm legitimately impressed by that. Um, Both of what you did and also the fact that that can happen. Um, That's, (laughs) and that networking is scary. That's an impressive fact. Um, Mm -hmm. All good Mm -hmm. things. Lexi, thank you so much again for coming on today's show. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. I appreciate that you care about this issue too. It's it's an important issue and it's talked about a lot, but I think we need to keep talking about it still. Just like I said, we need reminders every once in a while that it's important. And I appreciate you, you know, giving it your platform, giving me the platform to talk about it. Thank you again. To our listeners, we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Until then, stay tuned and stay safe. And remember, you can read all our cybersecurity coverage on Malwarebytes Labs at malwarebytes.com slash blog. And please, if you like what you heard today, follow and review our show. Uh, finally, our intro music is by Kevin McLeod from incompetech.com, and our outro music is by Woa from unminus.com. Today's show was edited by Eric Johnson from lightningpod.fm. Thank you, folks. <laughs>